everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop. I'm Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Congratulations, you played yourself. All right. That's Hakeem. I'm Jacob. Uh, today we're going to be talking about two albums. One's an underground album. Uh, one is 2 Chains' album, Rapper Go to the League. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll jump into the more underground album here in just a second. First, we're going to go over a little bit of news. Shut up. A little bit of news, and then we'll jump into the, the What You Know segment. Do um, you have any news, hip-hop news? Uh, the only thing I would say is uh, Juice World dropped his new album, Death World. Is that what it's called? I'm double, I got um, a triple check. It's some play on the, the Death Race movies, I think. Death Race for Love. Yep. Death World is on, yeah. Death Race for Love, sorry. Uh, yeah, that, that dropped today. Um, so we're going to obviously be re reviewing that soon. Yes, big album. Um, R. Kelly's uh, interview. Did you see that? Oh my God! <laughs> the only the only positive maybe that comes out of that is for Michael Jordan because now I think the Jordan crying yeah. meme may have transformed into the R. Kelly crying meme. Yeah. Um, yeah. The dude's got a lot to cry about, to be honest. So, first off, you get arrested for the the sex charges. Obviously, he he's in there for like a day and a half because he couldn't post a hundred thousand dollar bail. Most regular people could post a hundred thousand dollar bail because you put, put up assets. Up. Yeah, <laughs> put the house up. But obviously, you can't even rent out a studio and keep rent. So yeah, you got that. Well, if you didn't know, he got rearrested. Did you know about that for one hundred and sixty thousand dollars back child support? No. Oh my. God. It's like this. It's bad because this happens more often than not, and it's funny because it's R. Kelly. But I think the system's kind of toying with him. Like, aha, we got you. And he, they just pulled him back, let him out. And they made their $100,000. They made their interest that they made off the bond, let him out, and now he's back in again. The, um, to, be, to be fair, he needs to be off the streets. Yeah, for sure. Uh, something I want to point out, though, from that interview is, you know how he goes, like, hysterical? And he'll be asking, uh, what's her name, Gloria? Uh, Gail King. Gail King. God, I'm doing terrible with names today, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Gail, when she did the interview... Uh, she was asking pretty direct questions, you oh, yeah. know, and he was not answering them directly. You know, he was just like, you know no, me. He'd be a good politician. Yeah, but what I want to point out, though, is um, on the Joe Rogan podcast with Dr. Phil. Yes. Dr. Phil pointed out I know exactly where you're going with this. Dr. Phil pointed out that most of the time when you could tell somebody was a li was lying, because he, he was a, an attorney. Most of the time you could tell that somebody was lying was when you'd ask a direct question, they wouldn't just say no. They would go, come on, you know me. Yeah, I'm you a know good me. Guy. Or they would try to ask you a question to convince them that they were innocent. So essentially saying like... Uh, would I do this yeah, would with, I my, do that? with my reputation, which he did do? Essentially what he... Yeah, with that, he said, why R. Kelly? He talked about himself in the third person. That of kind of plays to that. And he also... Um, the, the question about hog tying. Did you see his answer? He said, I don't know how to hog tie no one. <laughs> All right. I don't know how to hog tie. Oh, man. Well, yeah, what, so a, what a messed up individual. Yeah, I think, I think he has a lot of evidence stacked up against him at this point. I don't know if he'll get away with it twice. Mm. Um, it would be a shame if he did. If he actually... I don't, I don't know. Is it still alleged at this point? Is he a legend? No, no, no. Is it still a legend? Like oh. the charges? Do we still say allegedly? Well, yes, it's alleged because he has yeah. not been tried yet. It's just very bad. Yeah, very it looks tall. very bad for him. Yeah. Looks there's very a lot bad. Of smoke. Looks very bad. Yes. Well, like, there's, smoke, hey, there's hey, fire. Hey, there's a forest fire over there. That's uh, the smoke, kid. I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> God, it, it's sad because I, I was laughing when I watched it. But yeah. we should. I mean, it's a it's a somber topic. Well, the problem is 
R. Kelly always sounds like he's rapping when he's talking. <laughs> so, like, the whole time I was seeing that, I was like, oh, this reminds me of Trapped in the Closet. <laughs> All right. Speaking of R. Kelly, Michael Jackson's been in the news for the Leaving Neverland uh, documentary. That one is a lot more shady. Yes, it is. Leaving Neverland. Okay, guys. So this can we stop? Can we stop on that one for a second? Yeah. Because this one was kind of fucky when I when I heard about it. Um, I said fucky. Uh, (laughs) No, it's you're true. It's uh, you can use that word. It's very. It just is weird, man. It is very. So these people at first they. One of them was the star witness in a case mm-hmm. back in 2001, I believe. Uh, and he claimed that Michael Jackson did not ever sexually molest him. And he was in a couple commercials with Michael Jackson, and Michael Jackson kept him around. I haven't gotten to watch it yet. Well, it's... Okay, but so there's first less... he said no, then now he's saying, like, right. yeah, he did it. There's less people accusing him. Obviously, R. Kelly, there was 50 people interviewed in that docuseries. The Michael Jackson one is a little more direct. There's really, like, two big witnesses. But, but, but the accusations, accusations... Yes, but the accusations are so graphic and just... Yeah. I think that's what people are struggling with. I know the Simpsons pulled their Michael Jackson episode from re-airing, so it will not Did be South on any Park reruns. Did that too? I don't know. I hope not. It's a good episode. Well, I think the Simpsons... I think he was actually on the Simpsons. Like, he had a character on the Simpsons, oh. so I think they pulled that episode from and, re-airing. And the one with... Uh, the one on South Park is pretty hilarious if you guys haven't seen if it. If they're making fun of Michael Jackson, they it'll are. still stay on there. Yeah, yeah. They were pretty much calling him... Uh, he. It was just portrayed like he was a bad father, basically. Yeah. We're going to blow through these. These other ones aren't real big talking points. They're just kind of kind of odd in hip-hop news. Uh, Kid Cudi, not a big jewelry wearer, wearer, bought a $275,000 chain through Ben Baller for his 35th birthday. And supposedly he's been teasing music on Instagram, so maybe Cudi's in his bag or something. That would be cool. I hope uh, the last thing Cudi put out solo was Passion Pain and Demon Slain, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a good album, but it's a really depressing liked. album. Uh, no, no, I wouldn't say it was depressing. I think it starts depressing, but there were moments of triumph on that album, no. and that was right around the time where him and Drake were beefing over the mental health comments. Yeah, uh, it was right after he checked himself out of the rehab facility he was in. Twenty One Savage supposedly to give 150 youth jobs. Essentially, what is going to be? It's it's a like I think the way it makes it sound is like a through a temp agency, but it. It's going to be at concession stands at sporting events and concerts. Yeah. So that's going along with his bank account foundation where he's trying to teach the youth about wealth management, which is which I think is good. Um, I think I think people underestimate how important a job is to keeping people occupied. Oh, most definitely. And, um, you know, keeping... It's the same thing. Kind of, it's like adult school. Because, like, when we're in yeah. school, obviously we're in school, but we're also being protected from lifestyles that we may have gotten involved in if we weren't in school yeah. sort of the same thing with a job when you work nine to five you don't have a lot of spare time to get involved in things you shouldn't be involved yeah. in um astro world tour gross gross 34 million dollars in the three month span that is crazy that's amazing which but sitting four feet from us there's some <laughs> some uh, the birds tour merch 75 dollars for a poster I forget. I forget every time you tell me that it's seventy five dollars, but honestly, it's worth it's, it. It's worth it, but that his merch is pretty high. Yeah. Um, J That's Cole. Dope ass. It is. Bro. J Cole and Bryson Tiller uh, both sued by the producer of the Deja Vu Exchange beat. Okay. Apparently, they're both sued for one hundred fifty thousand dollars plus an injunction on all royalties. Yeah. If you remember that Deja Vu came out after Exchange was out, and it was the same beat that Bryson Tiller used. 
and there was a little bit of controversy. J. Cole said that it was sent to him with rights, and Bryson Tiller said the same thing. So apparently, I know so is Bryson Tiller's paying out. No, they're. I think if if they, they both if are. the sewer if the guy that's suing wins, they both have to pay out and have to give part of royalties. Oh. Which Zaytoven's been, uh, contra- or, I don't know, accused of this. What he do- they'll do is they'll send out a bunch of beats to a bunch of different people, right? And then they're it's hard to keep track. Yeah, yeah, like we talked about on the last episode, stuff gets saved different. Yeah. So I, I know that they both paid for the beat. But I don't think they paid for exclusive rights, which is a big part. Which, if you don't, don't know much about the music industry, you can lease a beat or you can buy the beat with rights. Yeah. So that that's chump change for those two. Yeah. Still sucks, though. Yeah. Uh, X's mom, uh, apparently X's car is to be returned to her, which who knows oh. what she'll do to it. If she does she'll money grab, it. yeah, she'll, she'll auction it off. I'll buy it. <laughs> It's a BMW, what is it, the uh, I-8? $100,000, $120,000 car. Tupac's yeah. car sold for $2 million. True. X is out. X's car will sell for God knows what. Yeah. I hope she doesn't do that, by the way. I'm just being cynical. Well, it, honestly... It if, makes sense. If it was... If I, which I can't speak for this because I don't have kids, but if I was a parent and had a kid and my kid was shot and you killed in a car, car, I would auction that car off or give it to a charity for them to auction off. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to ride around town in that. No, I mean even if even as an X fan, I wouldn't want to ride around in that. It's an I eight though. Still, yeah, that's just a maybe fancy just retouch it up. Tesla with a German logo on it. I'm down for it. But the Teslas are better. Give me anyway. a German Tesla. <laughs> All right, we're gonna jump into what you know, and then we're gonna jump right into the uh, review of our first album tonight. Yes. You got yours? What's your What's your crazy, stupid, useless fact? Oh, uh, that bourbon was named uh, after Bourbon, Kentucky. That I knew American that American drink, yeah. Bourbon, I knew that Kentucky. one, but I, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not an alcoholic. That's a, that's a Friday fact for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we'll be back with more Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop. This is an old tweet uh, from Neil deGrasse Tyson, so some people obviously... I mean, yeah, if you guys believe in flat earth, click like and um, let us know. <laughs> it's in the nothing, comments it's nothing related to flat earth. Here. Maybe it is. Um, he tweeted, he said, Not that anybody asked, but Jeff Bezos, $130 billion laid end to end, can circle the earth 200 times, then reach the moon and back 15 times, then with what's left over, circle earth another eight times. Now, is this your uh, spherical earth or is this flat earth that he's talking about? I guess. If I need he, I need live figures with. I guess if he life. if he put that in there, he I guess concedes to the argument that the Earth is round. It's disgusting. Congratulations, you played yourself. Run that TMZ. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson does not believe in the flat Earth. <laughs> what? All right, we're gonna jump right in uh, to a friend of ours. Um, we covered him at the Sky High Festival. If you've been following us for a little while, it was a festival here in Greenville for local hip hop and R and B artists. Um, knew Chi before this. You've knew, known Chi longer mm-hmm. than I have. Yeah. Um, I kind of got hooked up with Chi and then found our mutual relationship uh, through a guy I work with. You gotta call Thomas. him by his artist name, dude. If a Nero. If a Nero. We need. We know him as Chi. Y'all will hopefully know him as If a Nero. Uh, he came up with this album. Uh, we're gonna play a little interview from the Sky High Festival just to get you a little bit acquainted with with Chi. Uh, if a Nero. Um, gonna talk a little bit about why he named the album what he did kind of talk about what he what he did to grow up as an artist that's a little bit in that interview too so we'll play the interview when we come back we'll get into so a little more facts about the album 
Alright, hello everybody. We're here for Hook Signs and Hip Hop at the Sky High Festival. So, so. With Chi, Nipe Nero. Yo, what's up, man? What's going on? We gotta get this interview quick. Yeah, yeah, man. Alright, so we know your name. Tell us where you're from. Uh, I'm from Greenville, South Carolina, man. Born and raised, man. I love my city. I'm thankful, man, to be born from here. You know what I'm saying? I, I've lived here my whole life, haven't you? Well, yo, same here, man. I mean, I've lived in Charleston, Charleston, though, but it's nothing like being able to come home and, you know, the familiarity with the streets and the people and the, the, the families and everything, man. It's love here, you know? Tell us what got you into music. Oh man, like I've always been around music since I was young. I remember my dad playing like Tupac, Biggie. You're you know? like the third person to say. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, man. I, so. I've been surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, I would think to hear like, oh, I just you know, listen to it. But a lot of people say, my dad, my yeah, dad. Yeah, man, my dad, man, it's crazy. Like you know, I would be in the car and I remember hearing certain artists like Nas, and you know, you'd be like, man, what is this? And like, I remember the first time hearing Tribe Called Quest and being like, yo, like this is amazing. I want to know more about this. You know what I'm saying? So it led to that passion. I was on the choir growing up as well so it's always been there yeah man so what what kind of what artist or what what force in life inner life influences you to keep making music inspires you to keep making music oh man Common Common is Common is one of my favorite artists man he's like to me it's like it's like my hip hop dad like I can go to him like I may not have his number physically but it's like I can go to his albums and be like yo man like you know what I'm saying did you see him this past year no man so I I was so bummed out bro that I could not go you know what I'm saying but I'll tell you this TC played me a track that's not out yet yeah and I said this is a comment, though. <laughs> I asked message, I yeah. message, story. yeah, man. So, you know, it's just crazy. <laughs>
Let no. That, let that die. <laughs> no. He said that when he came to naming the album, he said Abstract is Q-Tip's alias. And he said Abstract is his favorite artist out of Tribe Called Quest, which salute to you. Not not a lot of rappers our age. He's 20, if he's 23, I'm 23. I'm 23. Not many people our age know about Tribe Called Quest or actually have looked at them and studied Tribe Called Quest. So that's that's respectable. I would sure. hope, by the way, that we attract people that love hip-hop as much as we do. So I'm going to assume that you guys do know who Tribe Called Quest is. Well, if you don't, that's who. But that's most who. of you probably don't. <laughs> yeah, probably not. And then he goes on to say that his one of his favorite books was The Odyssey. So he just combined it. Um, he said, having an abstract view on things and setting yourself apart from the norm is not really allowing society to tell you what's right and wrong. Which, to an extent, is true. I mean, we have laws and, and moral laws. But you, in, and you can hear it in the album. He talks a lot about not letting people's opinion or the people that are, are quote, close to you control where you go and, and what you, you set your dream and yeah. goals to. Um, he said, Odyssey is like the journey traveling uh, across the way to get success. He said, it's never going to be a smooth journey, but when you finally get there and look back, you realize that it was worth making those sacrifices. He's a very introspective uh, individual. I haven't really gotten the chance to sit down one-on-one -on -one with him. It's always been like meeting through friends or meeting with friends. Uh, but you can tell by listening to the album uh, that he's he's got a good pedigree. He's, he's very technical with mm -hmm. his flow. Uh, yeah. Not many rappers our age are pursuing a sound like he is. No, I would I would say the the main people that I see pursuing this sort of sound are mainly rappers from up north. Uh, it's refreshing to think that somebody who grew up in the south, where um, you know just trap rap is very popular, and you know a lot of auto tune and very uh, robotic beats, you know, not yes. not really any jazz. Uh, but if anywhere, he does a great job at picking beats that are very classic very timeless, you know, something that would almost feels like a spoken word at times, right. you know, which I really admire. It reminds me a lot of Milo. If you guys don't know who Milo is, you guys should check him out. But very uh, abstract concepts being brought up. Um, uh, some love songs that I really actually enjoyed. Probably those are, those are probably my favorites, especially yeah. Pink Lemonade. I thought it was very romantic. Um, great song. But, yeah, he's, he just does a great job at tackling abstract topics in a way that sounds good. It's not alienating, and it's not very preachy. Uh, the main influences I see for this album are uh, Lupe Fiasco by far the most. I heard a lot of Andre 3000 in the first, uh, first uh, track. I think that comes from, like, the chopped flow. Like yeah. Kind of, not, kind of like a stutter step. Almost, Earl, almost. Earl does it really well, too. Yeah. And, and that's... that's uh, that just shows the amount of technique that he, he has as a rapper. You can tell that poetry is... I mean, there's a lot of rappers that... Yeah, because rhyming's not poetry. Right. I mean, technically, by definition, it is. Mm -hmm. But you could tell that he has a good background in poetry because he knows how to structure and formulate words and sentences, not only to fit the beat, but to follow melody as well with inflection in yeah. his voice. Also, I've always said the hardest thing to do is make a short album because there's not a lot of room for error. And the fact that it's also 23 minutes is also good because 
there is this feeling sometimes that I get with a lot of modern trap that that does that two two and a half minute mark. Yeah. For songs, it's kind of empty. It's not really anything replayable, and I'm left kind of feeling nothing. But at least with when this album comes on, I admire the fact that uh, if it just like an Earl is able to make a song two and a half minutes, and it's something that I have to go back and listen to and digest and reprocess. And, and what's crazy is where you know Earl doesn't really use a lot of hooks, like not lengthy right. hooks. Where if they had most of these songs did have hooks and they were a decent length, right. so he did very well of telling a lot of content in a short span. Yeah, yeah for over sure. Over a verse, I want to talk about the production a little bit. I know you talked about like picking beats. Mm-hmm. Um, I know just by knowing uh, Thomas and Ife that when they work on albums, I know a lot of underground artists will use like YouTube to. To source beats, he actually is in the studio with Nine Five when they make beats. I know they they're they're not ones to write a song and pick a beat. It's all one process. Right. Um, and just to talk about Nine Five, he is a local artist here in Greenville. Um, I'll play a little interview from the Sky High Festival about him too. Um, we were actually supposed to review one of his beat tapes and just got busy in one of the spans where we were all three of us were doing stuff and we never got around to it. But he is an excellent producer. What's the name of that album? Do you remember? I, I'll put a link. Yeah, uh, on the at the bottom in the Sorry description. Sorry about that nine five. Um, he's an excellent, excellent producer. Uh, so I'll let you guys have a little insight to him when we get back. We're gonna talk a little bit more about Abstract Odyssey, and then we're gonna move on to Two Chains. All right, we're here with Hooks Lines of Hip Hop at the Sky High Festival here at Twenty One Airport Road Runway Cafe. Introduce yourself. Yo, man, I'm 9-5, man. You already know, man. Chilling with my fellas here right now. Just got done with a dub set, man. Scientist, King Tubby. You already know, Mikey Dread, man. Everybody, man. So, you know, just chilling, man, right now. All right, so correct me if I'm wrong. You you produce for Park Place TC. Park Place TC. You um, do uh, Ife, too, right? Ife, yep. A couple other people, man. Um, it's not in South Carolina, but on a small scale right now. But uh, you doing work. Yes, it's uh I got to select few people who I work with, man. I don't really work with everybody, man. So you know, the people that I work with, the people that I like to work with, and when I find more people, man, that's when I work with them. But you know. All right. So what what got you in the music? I would say, man, my my roommate freshman year, man, he got me in, got me in the music, man. Got me using music software, um, Ableton. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he kind of got me into it, man. I, people like Earl Sweatshirt. Uh, that's my dude. People like Tyler the Creator, man, MF Doom, Mad Lib. Uh, those type of people, man, kind of like influenced me as far as like, you know, musical style and, you know, like. They, they do a lot creative. with simplicity. Yeah. But less is more with them. Less is more, man. It's all about the quality, man. It's not about the quantity, you know? So, that's awesome. Right. That's awesome but you killed it in there. I was sitting there, I was sitting back, and I was asking him, I said, man, I forgot who's next. I was like, wait. Who's playing these beats right now? Hold yeah. up. I was like, hold on. Wait, we got more to come, man. We got more to come. We got a freestyle session. Don't tell anybody. We got a freestyle session coming awesome. up. With you you heard it here first. Hooks yeah. line hip hop. And I'll let everybody know, man. The tape dropped the day 9-5 at Bandcamp. You can get it. Natural Selection. It just dropped the day. Shout out my boys, Joint Ventures. Shout out Vow Collective. Shout out Thrasher, man. Everybody, man. You already know. So, you sort of you sort of already named who who kind of inspires you to make music. But is there anything else that inspires you to like keep doing what you're doing, or 
I would say anybody that does any type of art, man, any type of artistic style, man, just being creative, the feeling of going to the studio or just getting on your software, getting on your laptop or whatever you use, whatever you do, people make a big deal about what you use and, and all that type of stuff. I've never used a drum machine, man, but like, I know how to use one, but I never ever use one. I use my laptop, I use my software. And you know, just being creative, man, just doing your own style, not copying anybody, coming up with your own ideas, man. Like, that's that's the, for me, that's the that's the joy behind making music. That's what gets me to do it every single time I get a chance, you know? That's my drive. I know, a lot of people ask, like, I'm sure you've heard it. Like, why are you doing this? You're not gonna blow up. And you just said why you're doing it. It's yeah. Because you like, enjoy man, it. People don't understand. They, if you do it for the for the art, then people will enjoy it. But if you're trying to do it to make money, you won't last long. You won't. You won't. You won't be relevant for long. But if you do it for the art, if you do it for the music, man, then people will enjoy it. People that really understand music and people that really love music will enjoy it. At the end of the day, you know. We appreciate it. We don't get in there listening right, to man. music. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for y'all boys coming out, man. Right, uh, so hopefully you got a little bit of a insight to nine five. Hopefully, if he listens to this, we may get him on the podcast since he's here local. We may actually Please get do. to bring him in here rather than playing new interviews a little harder with if a being in in Austin. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about some of the songs. Uh, I asked if a what his favorite track was, and he said it had to be real the song "Real Spill," that is uh, track three. He talks about, he said, my mom used to tell me and my sister all the time that we, we couldn't go where we were going. And I didn't, he said, he did, I didn't really understand that until I was older. What he meant to say, he, he goes on and explains it a little more. He talks about the people around you. So I'm sure we can all think of friends that I guess are supportive when you're around, mm-hmm. um, but they may not be supportive of everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. So he's saying that you shouldn't really worry about the people that you lose on your path to trying to be who you are um talks about how um like the mantra of the song it's it's part of the the hook actually he says never worry about the people that you leave behind because mm-hmm. if they didn't if they didn't believe in you to follow you to the dream and the goal you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. they're only going to come and money grab or be in it for them when you actually do make it to yeah. where you want to be I want to say, I think a lot of the topics that if it gravitates towards are topics that we hear a lot in, you know, the, the struggle story, the, the come up, which he does really well in that it's not uh, generic and it's not, even though I have heard it done before, it's, it's something that I really enjoyed and um, Real Spill is really good at that. The best song on that, on the album though, respectfully, is... Um, uh, on and on is that what it was? Uh, yes, that's the one that you said had the, the yes. Tyler. Influence. Yes, on and on. Yeah, on and on has, and I'm and I think this one I put this one in a couple of playlists as well. But on and on, I, the the background singers are are beautiful. The vibe of the song is very much something like Garden Shed off yeah. of off of uh, Flower Boy. I really think that that's. Some that there are certain songs on here that I think struck me as really exceptional and just kind of outstanding. Um, on and on, real spill. Um, B I think is really good. That was my favorite song with a sample. 
Yeah. I think that was the best sampled song, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. A uh, uh, hundred grand is a very good opening. It's very interesting. The beat is is amazing. It gave it done. It gave it the like classic hip hop feel. Having yeah. the guy talking. Um, he talks about nine five a little bit. If you if you pick that up mm-hmm. in the in the intro. Yeah. Um, it was just a good way to like start the album out with a classic hip hop vibe, like from the jump. Yeah, this is a fantastic album. So, um, Jake, what are your favorite songs? Um, I liked, like you said, the intro just because of the. It, I mean, it set the tone. Yeah. And it did really well, and it, and it stayed on theme. Every song related to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the real spill song, and he has this little bruh man interlude. It's just a little like fifty second track, mm-hmm. but the song Butterfly Stage kind of goes back to that. Real Spill song and it, the themes that are very, very similar. That was very MF Doomish with yes. the beat, by the way, too, which I admired because uh, I know he's one of the artists that he listened to a lot. Um, but yeah, I would say that was a that was a great song as well. Honestly, again, ten tracks. There's not really any skippables. No. Um, I think it's this is a great conceptual album. This is something that every anybody just going through. Uh, Going through challenge, going through change in life, it's very reassuring. It's very confident at times, but it's not cocky. Uh, it's it's a great album for anybody who just feels like they're just grinding, yeah, grinding and, up, and moving up. I think that he does. I mean, he's he's moved to Austin to to better his music career, which yeah. I mean that's that takes balls when your family lives here, your friends live here. I know Thomas has talked about how he's kind of. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's guys don't talk to other guys like, man, I really miss him. But you can tell, like, when it's that takes balls to leave your city where you've been your whole life yeah. to move somewhere that you you may be unfamiliar with, to pursue a career that is extremely difficult yeah. to penetrate. Yeah. Um, we've talked about. I know I've mentioned this. I use this analogy a lot when talking about the music industry as a whole. When you're when you're go to medical school and you're trying to get a PhD and it doesn't have to be medical school when you're trying to get a PhD you have to go before a board to be approved. Right. So all those people on that board that are approving you to be a PhD, they know that every PhD that they give out that just lessens the degree that they have. So that's why it's hard for underground artists to maybe penetrate an artist that is a little bit higher tier. Pops, dude, don't say okay. penetrate so much. You know what I mean. <laughs> it's hard to it, what get a cosign from somebody higher than you because those people don't want to take the Cos- time. Cosigns are not given out freely because of the fact that it's a very dog eat dog world, particularly in music. So there is this there is this need of I have to keep my circle small. Uh, it, it's a starving mentality you know where you know nobody wants to help somebody because they're worried that'll get they'll get stepped on in the future so yeah that's that's what it is the music industry is very tough but i think with this album and some of his collab tapes that he's done as well are he you just have an astounding body of work you know so um best of luck to you um i want to read the last little paragraph that he sent me in this um DM and we were going back and forth talking about some of the stuff in the album. Um, we were talking about his favorite albums, and he said, "My favorite album would have to be Commons. It all makes sense one day." Which is you can tell that from this, just the what he's put in this right here. Mm-hmm. If you ever listen to that album from Common, it's awesome. I have it on vinyl. Amazing album. Um, funny story. I mentioned it in that interview. 
Thomas really did play, he played me a song. I don't remember if it was off this album. It was a year and a half ago. We were in the truck coming back uh, from lunch at work and he played it for me. And I asked him, this is before I even had met Ife. I said, he, he likes Common, doesn't he? Yeah. And Thomas was like, yeah, dude, that's one of his favorite rappers. He's like, how'd you know that? I said, you could tell by listening to him. Yeah. Um, he said, a lot of people don't understand my journey and they aren't supposed to. He said, when I'm touring, rocking and selling out shows, it'll all make sense. He said, greatness takes patience and pressure makes diamonds. When it's all said and done, Ife Nero is going to be amongst the name of Cole and Kendrick. Greenville's very own. And we, li- we honestly, truly wish you the best of luck. For sure, man. And if, uh, if we could ever do an interview through Skype or if you're ever back Phone in Phone call, we can record an interview. Hell yeah, dude. We want to, you know, keep track of your, of your career. And, you know, it'd be amazing if you blew up. And when you blow up, you know, I, I hear it, especially just you are of that caliber. So I, we do wish you best of luck. I hope we can get you on the show again sometime. And, you know, we'll continue covering your albums. Looking forward to the next path. one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody, when we come back, we're going to jump into 2 Chains. Uh, should be a good conversation. Oh, yeah, let's, um, we all, we'll pro- are we going to do any fits? Uh, yeah, we'll hit the What You Rockin' segment. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Going to hit the What You Rockin' segment, talk about some new fashion drops. There's some, some shoes dropping tomorrow and next week. Uh, Supreme so store's about. open. Guys, Where? Supreme is open. What? Where is Supreme open? They know Supreme in Greenville. Online. <laughs> Online, too, the shop's open. That's too, back up. that's too big. Um, anything coming out fashion-wise you're excited about? I would really be excited if I could get... Uh, Shoot, dude. I just want those infrared sixes. I'm so mm. mad I did not get my hand on a pair. They they came in multiple times. I just couldn't get a hold of them. Um, I'm a size 13. If anybody wants to donate some to the show, it'll be amazing. I don't think you'll see us on sneaker shopping anytime soon. <laughs> um, the but human race I'm is... so mad about Those are... Trash. They re well. I didn't even know they were coming out. The cotton candy ones were pretty similar to the original colorway. The only one I really liked, they had this powder blue. Um, it was like the most toned down of all of them. And I have a lot of like light blue stuff, so I was yeah. gonna gonna. And I didn't even know they were coming out. I went on and they didn't have my size left. Um, which two fifty for an NMD is kind of steep. Anyway, that's ridiculous. Yeah, an NMD by the way is the least comfortable. Just uh, I know it's not about comfort. But no, it's about comfort. If the Yeezys can pull off both, yeah, it's about comfort. Yeah, because the NMD is just not a comfortable shoe in general. And then I think with that sort of top, it would be even more like your feet would just slip. And no, they, it just slips. Like your ankle's not secure. The boost is not doing the same thing that the Yeezy does, where it's like yeah, the Yeezy wraps around your foot. Yeah. Right. The the boost on the NMD is just for show, pretty much. Two fifty for. Kind of outlandish patterns. Like, I like the first human races that dropped. But yeah, they were a little new, more toned down. Yeah, just this new bit, though, is just too, a little too wild, and they were not selling from what I was seeing. No, I think all the colorways are now sold out. Right. Um, but it did take a day, which, to be fair, there were a lot of colorways released. Most of the stuff Adidas has been doing with their collabs, they've been releasing just a few colors like we've seen with the Yeezy collab. Yeah. Um, which it didn't help that that brand kind of got cheapened by the fact they were doing, like, the... 
the HU runner shoe, which was like the human race shoe that everybody could afford. Yeah. Which I thought I some of those that. were cool. They were, they were, it's still a good looking shoe. Yeah. I, but I think that kind of cheapened the brand. That would be like Adidas dropping some like affordable Yeezys. No, with. no. I I I applaud that. I think the problem was he chose a shoe that wasn't really. And it wasn't universally accepted. The mesh is a little weird, even though I think it's a good look. But not everybody really sees that shoe and thinks it's good. Um, and whereas opposed to like an NMD, it's just a shoe that people want more. Yeah. You know. And the, the, I think the NMD craze is definitely worn off. I mean, the you can boost, pick up. You can pick the up. Boost craze has died yeah. down. You can pick up NMDs now and some odd, like more odd colorways for under a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is fine because yeah. I think when a shoe becomes more universally available while the hype dies down, if it's a good looking shoe, people are going to buy it. I mean, Jordan's. All, all, all I have to say is Adidas better watch out because Nike's coming back. Uh, I, I hope so, but. I think the. I, mean, I still like Adidas fit more for my feet. They do, they, Adidas has comfort for sure. Yeah. I still think they have a little bit of the styling, but with. Nike doing their sneakers app where they're doing a little bit more exclusive right. drops. I think they're trying to compete now with Adidas. Okay. Because now when they have, I mean, we saw it with the the Pharrell shoe. The the NMDs like the Japanese NMDs that we were seeing in the states were super super expensive. So Adidas flooded the market with just regular NMD colorways. Just you can go to any Foot Locker and find that colorway. Yeah. So I think now what we're gonna see is. Nike's going to start some of these exclusive drops, and then they're going to start putting out like a general shoe. How, how do you feel about the GOAT app co- collaborating with Foot Locker? Are Foot Locker buying out the GOAT app? Like, isn't that kind of suspect? A little. That's kind of sus. Which I found it when I was trying to get the Turbo Green ones. Mm-hmm. Foot Locker, Champs, there was one other one, Foot Action. Uh-huh. I'm pretty positive they're all owned by the same people. The website looked different, but when you got to the cart, and it may have just been the financial financial company that is handling all their online transactions, uh-huh. but we were trying to get into one because each one kept crashing on us. Each cart was like formatted exactly the same. Yeah. So I don't know if they're owned by the same people. Um, and I, it is kind of confusing how they pick like what stores I get what exclusive drops. I, th- yeah. I honestly think it's a format thing because sometimes just shopping on shoe sites in general, they all just kind of look. The same to me. Yeah. They feel the same. They're, the Inertia Wave Runners drop tomorrow. They're mm. like the, the blue, kind of like powder blue, uh, easy colorway with the orange little stripes on the back. Yeah. Um, Supreme and Nike collabs coming pretty soon, supposedly. I see that. There's going to be a shoe drop. And I forgot. It's a, it's a 90s runner. It's fugly. But uh, people are just going to buy it. Yeah, I'll buy box it. Logo. I'll buy it. Um, Adidas is re-releasing or, or putting a new colorway out in the ZX4000 line. That's the, the, the line with the 4D bottom. It looks good. Which apparently their goal, much like Tesla's goal, is to try to find a company or an infrastructure that can produce that material for a little bit cheaper. Because it's like a $400 shoe right now? Yeah, that's retail, $400. <laughs> yeah. And apparently... Resale is like over... Oh, over... Like it's in the thousands. Like grand, like... Yeah. But apparently that product that they're making is just so expensive to make. They're just trying to source it around and shop it it's, around to try to find it. There's produced. not a, there's not a uh, oh, like a huge manufacturing process for 4D printing yet. So yeah. once that's figured out, that's when the sh- the price of the shoe will go down. There's a Air Max. I don't, I don't think it's a good enough look, by the way, to get massively produced. I think this is gonna bomb. 
I don't know. I guess I've heard it's all about the comfort. Chad Johnson on Twitter, he's a big. He's the big running more comfortable than Boost. They say there's something about the spring when running. That's all I've really heard about. It. Okay, well maybe that that's a case Which, of where the technology is is great, and then the look will grow on me. But no. I don't think it's it's hideous in any way. I just think it's. Uh, not too different than the boost, you know? Well, the only people in shoe culture rocking them are like hype beasts that just want to wear an expensive shoe. Right. I think that, I th- like you said, like the, the what is, what's the running shoes that you wear? I think that's what, I think that's going to be like the market that Adidas pushes to. Oh, like the Hoka's? Yeah. yeah. I think that it's going to end up being like, did you know Mizuno makes shoes? Yeah. And they're like fucking ridiculously expensive. Yeah, yeah. I think it, that's the market they're going to try to, to reach. That would be cool. I think, at the end of the day, though, Adidas and Nike will always be a... They won't be the first choice for people that are, you know, super-duper runners, you know? Right. A lot of people will go for those secondary brands. So I think it'll still hit the hype market, you know? It's new technology. Ultra Boost was kind of that way, too. Yeah. So the, I understand. Apparently, they have a Air Max coming out. The colorway is called Mars Landing. The upper is like this, like, burnt orange... Looks like actual like the ground on Earth, on Mars, oh, and the bottom is like a, it's a black bottom that had sort of has that like I don't know we've seen it it's it looks like stars airbrushed on it it looks pretty wild. Um, Huff and Popeye had a collab. I don't know if you saw it. Um, Huff is actually I'm not pretty a pretty cool. Huff fan. Huff, I just it's skateboard. Yeah, they're a good brand. It, they they donate a lot of money to charity. That's cool. Um, yeah, they did this collab with Popeye. Was, was kinda, it good? Kinda, it was cool looking. A lot of it was in, no, it was in long, a lot of the stuff that I like, at least like the graphics in the shirt, were in long sleeves. I don't wear long sleeves too often. No. Mainly because I'll get hot and I'll push my sleeves up. And, and then, then you ruin the shirt. Yeah, and then I ruin the shirt. Yeah, I'm um, on that. Speaking of Zoomies, since that's where you can find the Huff Popeye collab, uh-huh. I know you've been, you have to have the whole collection of Logic's clothing line at Zoomies. I sure don't. Do you know what it's called? Uh, is it's it, corny as fuck. Is it half and half? No, it's called Indica <laughs> Badu. Swear to God, that's what it's called. Does he smoke weed now? I I hope so. But this is this is what Logic had to say when we asked him if he was in the fashion industry. <laughs> What's crazy is the brand has nothing to do with Logic. Like I saw it at Zoomies a couple weeks ago, last week. Does it look good? I guess. I haven't I didn't even know this dropped. I, I tried to go into Zoomies the other day, man. Here's what happened. I went in first of all guys, you guys for those of you who don't know what I look like, I look like go look at your dad. Alright, come back. Did you get a good picture? Just kind of balding and slit pretty fat. And then, you know, just an old man. And I went in there, I'm twenty three. And I go in there and I was like, damn dude, like some of the stuff is cool, but where am I gonna wear it? Yeah, so that's, that's how a lot of. I'm in khakis is. right now, bro. Yeah, not short khakis. The only thing I would go in there for is like some of the diamond the hats, stuff. The hats, hats are dope. Some of the diamond stuff is still conservative. The obey stuff. Yeah. Um, I've just been more into like some just generic stuff. Like I think the I think the whole less is more for me for clothes. Yeah. Just stuff that you can wear out, and also I don't I don't like the. Big ass graphics anymore, you know? Nah, I don't. Like, I'm too old for that shit. Nah. I can't do it. The only big graphic shirt I have are my two Travis uh, tour shirts. I mean, I have like some Dragon Ball Z stuff, but not the primitive in Dragon Ball Z. I thought that was cool too, but I just couldn't. 
I couldn't see myself buying that one either. But. So what do you? I know you mentioned you got on this, the the classic State Farm khakis. Yeah, they're uh, Columbia khakis. Okay. They're they're I'm hiking sure. pants. Have you seen that uh, State Farm commercial? Yeah. yeah. What are you wearing? Khakis. 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 Shout uh, out State Farm. I worked there for three months. <laughs> all right. What else you What else you rocking? You look like what I have to wear to Dude, work, but I can wear this, jeans. I don't have to wear. You khakis. can wear jeans. Yeah, we're. I sell floors. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. But why does that give you the right to wear jeans? I don't know. I mean... Are you measuring when you're there? Yeah. I mean, I measure measure, uh, houses, and I have to get under houses every now and then. Okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. Uh, I work in, like, a doctor's office setting, pretty much. Eh, Like a gym. Uh, Okay. But, yeah. And I'm wearing a mint green khaki, which... Or khaki. Mint green. Polo. Mint green polo. Thank you. It's It's a golf polo, you know? It feels good. Um, Not what I want to be wearing right now. I want to be in fucking shirt and shorts. Nothing's stopping you. It is what uh, I'm rocking the fresh fade. I had to get the hair yeah, chopped You did up. get the hair chopped just, up. just gets long. And I hate showering in the morning, so I like to shower before I get into bed. And my hair gets to a length where like, I just wake Jake up in the morning. Jake had Bieber hair. I did. I had, hair, I had Bieber hair before Bieber had Bieber hair. Yeah. And I can pull up old Facebook posts to prove that. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got the fresh fade. I, I found these like oversized. They call them. Most people refer to them as like the Kanye cut shirt, right? But it's that, like a regular. It's just t- a regular t-shirt. <laughs> um, I bought like five of them. That's how. I, that's usually how I buy the stuff I wear. I went to Goodwill one time and found these shorts that were overstocked Dude, somewhere. That was the coolest shit because he had like brand new shorts. Like they still what, had tags. Pairs of yeah, them? the tag was said like fifty eight dollars. They were like some fishing shorts. But they were super cool. You can swim in them. That was the summer for you. That was you oh, all I, summer. That was glow up summer. Yeah, but that's usually that. if I like if I try a shirt on at the store that I like, like mm-hmm. not Zoomies because I can't buy five shirts at Zoomies and yeah. pay my bills. It's like six hundred. Um, like if I'm at Target or Old Navy, somewhere like yeah. that, TJ Maxx. If I find a shirt that fits well and I'm like, damn, I like that shirt. You I need would, it. Yeah, I bought like five of these. Yeah. So I've got on that and just some some jeans, some Levi's, and I wore the pirate black Yeezys today. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Let's get into this two chains album. True. Were you? Did you hear about this album? No, I did not know this well, thing. I, well, knew, I saw some some YouTube interviews, but I didn't watch any. Of I knew about it before it came out, but like a day before it came out, that was it. Like it wasn't like I saw like a press run because I don't really think there was one. Um, it, I just saw it and it came out like two days later. Um, What's crazy now is the press run happens the day the album drops. Yeah. Like, all this, the album drops, and then it's like six interviews are dropped on YouTube with, you know, Breakfast Club and Hot 97 and Hot Ones. They all just drop on the same day. Um, the album is called Rapper Go to the League, which I know like, I knew before this, before I knew all about it's the press run. It's real for two chains. Yeah, he, he was a, a, he's a very good basketball player, a uh, very good rapper, obviously. Uh, Pretty good resume behind him. Pretty good team behind him. Uh, but before I knew about, did, did you hear about LeBron? LeBron supposedly was the A&R for this him. album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he interviewed him for Apple. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, if that's, I mean, how much? They say DJ Khaled is basically an A&R for his albums, right? Sort of. The A&R basically kind of puts people together in a way. I don't know right. how much of a say LeBron would have in that case. No, it's it's sort of like uh, 
sort of like an editor. He doesn't actually edit the music or the lyrics. He just says, like, I don't like this. Yeah, or try something this way. Which, coming from a non-music background, I mean, we hear the saying, like, I want to get fresh eyes on this. Mm. Like, LeBron would have a pretty unbiased opinion or unmotivated opinion by saying, hey, dude, try this another way. You don't think they're friends? Oh, I'm sure they're friends. I just don't... Okay, with all due respect, I don't know how much of a role LeBron played in the album. I, I oh, hope... Probably minimal. Yeah, but it's a, it's a cool tidbit about the album. It gives people something to talk about. And the fact that both of them... I, I mean, I know LeBron is not really a big rapper, but, you know, he hangs out with a lot of rappers. Hold up. Do I need to drop the clip? Because he has a an actual rap track with Kevin Durant. Like, go to you. It is a full, like, three is minute. Is it good? It's as good as Kevin Durant and LeBron could sound on a beat. I was thinking of that Key and Peele skit when they were the Better football. than that. Better than Better that. Better than that. Was it like the kicker that raps really has? <laughs> God damn um, Yeah, it, his role is probably minimal. I think what gives it, like, the like the biggest, like... Doing, pl- doing puns while I'm blunted. <laughs> I think the the reason it was like, oh, cool, LeBron's on it. LeBron does a lot with Apple as far as curating playlists. He'll preview other artists' music, like when he's working out. So people will sometimes hey, get previews to music. Do you know how to get? Do you know how to get uh, Apple Radio Show? You just go to radio down here. No, 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 no. Do you know how to get one on there, like for them to pick you up? Oh, it's probably just as be, getting a podcast. Just be on famous. There. Yeah. Hey, be famous. <laughs> But he does like him and Dwayne Wade both post stuff about music, and we I saw Dwayne Wade was a Christian. Like he can't listen to any rap. I don't know. Right, other man's personal beliefs. I heard, well, one of our friends was a really big Dwayne Wade fan, and I think he he's the one who told me that. No, I don't know. I just didn't know he felt the temptation like all of us. Couldn't tell you. I don't know too much about Dwayne Wade. Shout out D Wade. Anyway. Kind of cool, I guess. But like you said, it, did we really think that Assad executive produced? Yes. No. That one is true. That is not true. That one is true. Because you could see Assad right now and DJ Khaled. What'd you think of that one, Assad? And he goes, another, no. another rapper. <laughs> There's no way to to formulate how Assad may have made may that's, or that's may not have liked be, an That's what's beautiful about it. Um, and that's what I think we could chalk up this LeBron cosign to, uh, him as an A and R. But shout out, it's really. Would cool. you rather hear LeBron interview artists than Zane Lowe? I would assume anybody's better than Zane Lowe. Uh, there's, I mean, here's the thing about Zane Lowe. I, he's a he's a good uh, he's a good interviewer because he makes the artist feel secure. He's not going to really throw any hardball questions at him. Yeah, and it's Apple. It's a safe company. Yeah, and it's and it's good because also a lot of these people have deals with Apple, exclusive deals. So, of course, it's not going to be hard hitting, and he's not going to be like, "Why? Why did this album suck?" He's not going to say that to them, you know. So, I I understand Zayn Lowe's not that. It's just kind of exaggerated how he makes him go like, "Dude, did you know this is your classic?" (laughs) And you're like. No, dude, it's really not. So, what did what did you think about the album? What was, or what was your first expectation when you heard a new Two Chains? I wasn't expecting such a uh, grand and uh, very conscious song in the yeah. beginning. You know that beautiful sample. Mm-hmm. Two Chains is is really going off lyrically. I was not expecting that at all. 
Uh, and it was five minutes, which, by the way, ha- getting used to this one and two minute uh, song structure is is not going to fly here. But uh, two chains, there there is enough repetition in the in the songs and uh, good beats in there to kind of fill up the time to where it doesn't the beats were gone. The beats were excellent. Yeah. I don't, he didn't really have a miss when it came to the beats. No, I will say five minutes for what two chains was doing. He could have done it in two and three minutes. Yeah, well, part of that. I think end, he just wanted the beats to go on a little yeah. bit, you know. In the end of Forgiven, um, I had the female singer, and so I mean, honestly, five minutes of two chains, a stereotypical two chain songs would be like maybe two minutes of rapping and three minutes of ad libs. Yeah, which you don't see too much of that on this album. Uh, the features were kind of odd. <laughs> Ariana Grande, that was the most phoned in feature well, ever. They had a little bit of beef, I think, but mainly do because the Rule the World, um, Rule the World was a song they were on, but he had the song, uh, I Said Me, mm-hmm. that samples the same Sound of Music sample that Ariana Grande sampled for Seven Rings. Um, oh, well, she stole from Soldier Boy, so. Yeah, who doesn't steal from who? But they kind of had some like I, I wouldn't call it real beef because what is what do either of them have to gain? And Two Chain said that he's like, what do I have to gain by going to her? Yeah, um, nothing. They're both in their own lane. Yeah. Obviously, when it comes to pop stardom, Ariana Grande is worlds above Two Chains. The song just felt dated, and it no, did. I wouldn't say that she's leagues above Two Chains. I'm talking about on a worldwide play. Oh, I think even worldwide you're underrating two chains. Uh, you don't remember birthday song, how big that was. You don't remember no lie, dude. You're you're sleeping on that album. Yeah, but he was on the Fast and Too Fast Too Furious soundtrack. All I'm saying is she sells out world tours. I don't think two chains can sell out a world tour. To put two chains on a world tour right now, he'll sell it out. I don't know about that. Put him, Flocka, and Gucci Mane on the tour. That would sell out in Atlanta. Dude, that would sell out everywhere. Anyway. Gucci Mane would just show his abs to all the European women. Apparently they were in the studio together recording this because he said... Ariana Grande was in the studio and it sounded that lifeless? He said that when he heard that girl sing, he said he knew that he made the right decision by reaching out to her to get her on a song. Um... And apparently, she was actually a fan of Two Chains. Yeah, and dude, he, of course, she says she's a fan. She listened to Birthday Song, and no lie. And she goes, you know, he just does trap music differently. And the way he shows his rings around when he's performing is spectacular. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sing you a hook, a very boring hook, and you're going to boringly rap over it and make it sound like a 2001 pop song. You got it, Two Chains? Look. I'm not in any way. And then we can play some free, some uh, some basketball. And she crossed him over, and then no one, his no one, LeBron couldn't cross up. Two chains, two chains, two chains. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not a huge fan of Ariana Grande. We I've talked about that in the past. I love "Thank You Next." Okay, it's a great song. I mean, she's a very good artist, but she has that song with Mac Miller that I like too. I don't think the way that she talked about Mac Miller after his death in the little Thank You Next song, I don't think that was appropriate. I don't think the way that she talked about Pete Davidson was appropriate. I don't know. I just A lot of the stuff she's done in the past has kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Okay. But she's, I, if you've seen her on Jimmy Fallon doing the Wheel of Impressions singing, you can't deny she's an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. 
or an amazing voice. I don't want to say artist because I don't know how much she actually puts into writing. I don't. I, I don't think that much. that matters with no, R- pop. with pop singers or R and B singers. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the 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 feature with Kendrick? Mama, I hit a lick. Uh, it was a good Kendrick feature. It very, wasn't memorable, but very, it was very damn run in the Black middle. Panther sounding. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the way Two Chains was like inflecting his voice. Do you remember on And you know that was Kendrick's idea to keep that in the song. If you listen to Feature or Future's uh, interview about that, he said I was just joking around in the booth, dude, and was... they kept it on there. So I don't know if Kendrick was like, "Dude, try the Future." I just didn't. Two Chains doesn't wait, wait, have the voice to do or... that. Future said he was joking around. Yeah, Future said that he like he just did that at the end, like screwing around, and Kendrick kept it in the song and called him and said, "Hey, I'm keeping this in the song. Are you cool with that?" And Future was like, "Yeah." Future goes, "Yeah." Future says, <laughs> "Future said, no, don't do that." And then Kendrick goes, "He'll probably get nominated for a Grammy." <laughs> and then he goes, "Okay," <laughs> but I do. I don't want to criticize Two Chains in the fact like he's trying something new because he does have a pretty stereotypical sound. So it was no. cool to see him you, wait, wait, inflecting wait, wait. his Who voice. Two chains. Had a stereotypical sound. No, I mean he just sounds the same a lot of the time. He doesn't really inflect his voice too much. That's I, why I think he picks beats that are not overbearing. You yeah. know what I mean? They're very much in the background. Which, by the way, listen to music nowadays, guys. The beat is so loud and in your face. The two things I would say Ife Nero and Two Chains' album have in common is that the beats are both very much reminiscent of classic hip hop. And the voice, the vocals kind of come to the front of the album, you know, for the most part. Which makes Two Chains' rapping tolerable. I would say it's more than tolerable. I uh, no, I'm not to- actually, they're not tolerable. Just uh, it makes it stand out more, you know. Sorry. Yeah, and, and especially on, the, like, if he would have picked beats more like... That was fucked up. I said tolerable. I, I didn't know. mean that. I love fucking Two Chains. If he'd have picked beats like we saw on Pretty Girls Like Trap Music, which Pretty Girls Like Trap Music, don't get me wrong, is a great album. I think I, that album is better than this one. I See, I think the opposite. Okay. The other one had hits, but as far as... Con- like, this album really doesn't have any hits. But this doesn't feel like a 2 Chains album at the same time. No, it was very introspective. He talked about, like, real problems. Oh, he talks about selling his mom drugs. He has a one song, Statute of Limitations, where he talks about serving people like 50. Like, talking about serving all these people in the music industry... With drugs, yeah. So I talked to you before we started. It's it's Two Chains's version of 444. I'm not saying that it's on the influential level of 444, but I think it's as deep of a look into Two Chains's life that that we'll ever see. I think a good a gooder a gooder gooder. You've been listening listening to the Young Money album. No, a better comparison would be uh, Scarface. Have you listened to some Scarface? Mm-mm. He's a very big Southern rapper, and he put out an album a couple of years ago that just, it reminds me a lot of the fact that both of them were more energetic rappers, and um, Scarface was hit. While the album is introspective, it's still something that is very much of the South, you know? And 2 Chainz's album is kind of like that, where... It's uh, even though it's introspective, even though there are moments where he's talking about very heavy subject matter, there's still always the emphasis on a good hook. Yep. Uh, something that you can play in the car still, despite the subject matter being down. Uh, Jay Z really did not care about making 
No. A pop album. He did not care about it sounding, um, you know, radio friendly. He cared about it conveying a message about pivotal moments in his right. life. Where I think Two Chains doesn't. This album, to me, the reason why it doesn't hit the high mark that you're that you're giving it is, it's not general or it's not specific enough to Two Chains. These are situations that, while I think they are, they could have happened in his life. They could also be taken, you know, from yeah. a typical story, you know, and that's okay. Not all of hip hop is real. It's still entertainment, you know. And we we kind of have to look at the the journey that got him here. Yeah. Two Chains has been in the industry for a long time, but as of the last like six years, he really wasn't anybody that was huge. I mean, he was under the name Titty Boy, which I, that should have been my fun fact talking about Two Chains. If you didn't know why Titty Boy is called Titty Boy. He was the biggest mama's boy. All of his friends in high school, in, in school, would call him Titty Boy because when they, when it would get dark, he'd be like, no, I have to go home. My mom said to be home at dark. Or they'd come over and say, hey, dude, come out and play. And he would say, no, I'm hanging out with my mom today. So he was a big what mama's boy. Um, but he was signed to Disturbing the Peace with Ludacris. So if you ever heard a Ludacris song, you hear him badmouth Two Chains. He's, a, he's about a bitch. Yeah. He, he whines like Two Chains, like Future whines about... Uh, Sierra or or um, for, uh, um, oh, Freddie Gibbs and, and when he bitches about Jeezy. Oh yeah, if you guys ever heard that. Um, but really, it wasn't until he got hooked up with Kanye. I mean, he had a mixtape that was out, but birthday song that was like that was the beginning of Two Chains really on his own. Yeah, well then he kind of signed to Good Music, and yeah. that was okay. There's pre Good Music and post Good Music, pretty much, and that's Two Chains. So. Post good music uh, and and pre good music. This is two chains that is most introspective. Uh, the the concept is there. He does a really good job at playing off on the concept of either balling or going to the league. Yeah. You know, he makes references uh, to the uh, college basketball time of his life. You know, so it was it was interesting. Yeah, and with, it was really fun. With Jay Z, it's easier, fun, but just it was. In, it was insightful in a way. With Jay-Z, it's easier to kind of look at the situations he's talking about because we have two avenues to look at Jay-Z. You can, you can follow Jay-Z through Jay-Z and his camp, or you can follow Jay-Z through Beyonce and her fan base. Mm-hmm. So we had more of a storyline. Obviously, there's two storylines parallel in that album. Yeah. Um, Jay-Z has been in the, at the top of the music industry almost his whole career, where 2 Chains is more so coming into his peak. And we talked about it on the last podcast. Two Chains is not one to. He he. I don't want to say he doesn't care, but I don't think he care really cares about album sales. He's doing it because he enjoys doing it. He's obviously making money. Rap's not the only thing he does. He own, he's a business owner. Mm-hmm. He owns several restaurants in Atlanta. Um, like you said, he puts an album out. He's in the spotlight for a little while, and then he just drops out, and you don't yeah. hear about him until you hear about him again. Yeah, that that's what's cool. And if you guys are Two Chains fans. And you just want uh, something a little different, and just open your minds up to the fact that this is not like pretty girls like trap. You know, no, there's not any I don't, bangers. And I don't think he aimed for bangers because when I heard, like, honestly, the, my favorite songs don't have features. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The Travis sure. Scott tr- feature was uh, uh, weak. Uh, you liked it? No, don't say that. No, you liked don't. it? Hey, hey, Jake, don't say that, man. It was weak. <laughs> I love the feature. So, I mean, it was nothing that I would. Four AM feature was better on Pretty Girls Like Trap Music. Yeah, I would agree with that. But it's a it's a good song, and it was the closest to 
hype that we got on yeah. this album. High Top Versace was hype, but Young Thug killed it. Young with Thug the, towards the end, though, I, was, I don't like. I was he goes, down with it, and she squirted like I. Ooh. <laughs> I don't remember. It was horrible. But there was the what he was doing with his voice towards the end. I was down with. I like the feature with Lil Wayne. We talked about Lil Wayne and his features. I think he put a little more effort to Two Chainz because he? yeah, did he did. You're just a Lil Wayne hater now. No, I'm not, dude. I fucking love Wayne. Give I listen to some... Don't Cry 16 times a day, and I always cry. That's the amazing thing about that song. They obviously have a joint album together. No, and... dude, I because I hold Wayne. I know Wayne can do better. I always know that. Yeah, but Jay-Z said it the best. What I want to say is that that song was not suited to Wayne's expertise. That was for E-40. The Fuck beat. E-40. I'm going to punch you in the mouth live, dude. And then you're going to have to upload it. Why do people think E-40 is like this grandfather of rap? He is, dude. He's one of the pivotal members of West Coast hip-hop. Specifically the Bay Area, dude. You got Even the way 2 Chainz is doing the hook on that song, that's West Coast Bay Area influence. So when I, when I heard that, I was like... Oh, for sure, the E40 feature is going to be fire automatically. But then Wayne just did not do he he, the, he was not in his element on that beat. I think that was the problem. I think maybe just two chains didn't do him justice. I just I don't I don't get the E40. I'm shocked, dude. You you didn't you need to do your Googles on E40 and come back to me. Look, the only thing I think about when I hear E40 is you and that booty yeah. trying to get to you and that but there's booty. so much more. Look, I know. I saw his thing. Um, I don't remember what it was on, but they talked about him in the Bay Area, and then I had to watch the stupid other 30 minutes with fucking Gerald. <laughs> All right. I don't care about Bay Area rap. E-40 did look like a legend compared to Gerald. The, I think I think you need to just go back and observe that time. Specifically, dude, even like the um, doing the jerk dances there. I'd rather heard YG. On that beat, to be honest with you, if we're talking West Coast rap, why YG is very much influenced by that style, so that would oh, make sense. I mean, sense. I know, I can, I can hear it, but but I just didn't. I don't know. He's he's a lot more like classic West Coast rap. That Bay Area specifically just has a bop to it, a jump. Uh, it's I liked it. I appreciated it. It's not my favorite E forty verse, but it was good. The uh, I like the the feature. I think I like the best. You say this because I like Chance the Rapper, but it was. I don't think Chance the Rapper should have given him a better verse for what Two Chains did for No Problem. No Problem. I thought it was a. It was pretty good though. The Kodak verse was good too. That was kind of a weird combo. Shout out to Kodak because I I didn't see that he was on that at first, mm-hmm. and then I heard him say that. Um, who was it? Um, oh, what's his name? He tried to sign him. Oh, Master P? Yeah, Master P. Let's talk about that for a second. We'll pause on that because we should have talked about this in the news. Kodak Black obviously said the whole thing about um, Lil Wayne saying you should have died as a baby. Talking about he was in the club and shouted out Lil Wayne and said he should have. He said, where Lil Wayne at? He should have died as a baby. Talking about when he 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 shot shot himself. himself. Kodak Black needs to learn from Takashi's mistakes, from his own mistakes. He is going to run his mouth too much to the point where it's He's going to end up having people not want to work with him. He talked about how he Master P, regardless if it's true or not, these people are old heads in hip-hop and influential people in hip-hop that if you mess with them, they will make it impossible for you to get jobs. Master P, not so much. But the follow-up line, 
he said something about, I told Burman he needs to get more coin. Talking about trying to sign him. <laughs> I think... I just don't think he's in a place to run his mouth in hip-hop. I think with the internet, everybody's in a place to do whatever they want. As long as they have a fan base, they can continue saying whatever they want. Because, yeah, maybe him being controversial will hurt, will hurt his money in that, like, you know... Like, Takashi 6 9 would get performances shut down, which that yeah. sucks. But I don't think it'll get to that level based on what Kodak's saying. he's He's been saying this in the past. And while it comes off as disrespectful, it also... People could also see it as him being a boss and him not settling for what people are offering just based on their status. He's He knows what he's worth and... So I'll, I think um, it's it's just boss shit. It is it is, but I think he needs to kind of like pick his battles a little bit better. Because there's doesn't a difference. He need to talk shit about Wayne because they're supposed to squash their beef. Yeah, and I don't under that whole he should have died as a baby line is fucking stupid. But he didn't but, say that in the song. He said it at the no, club after performance. Yeah, that's but. fucking stupid. But but you know him calling out Master P. I'm gonna give him a pass on that because oh yeah he Master. should call out Master P. You know, I don't know. He just. You got I me. Mean, Soldier Boy is obviously trolling people. Six Nine was trolling people, but Six Nine wasn't trolling legends. Six Nine was trolling gangsters, and then was having them get shot at. Though I, I understand. So fucky fucky Six Nine. <laughs> Free Six Nine. Fuck it. Fuck Six Nine, dude. I hope you rot in jail. This is from like the biggest Six Nine stand six months ago. No, dude, I just liked a gummo. All right. Um, I'll still play gummo right now. I'll play I'll play that first album. You got the blicky. Tell me some of your favorite songs. Oh, please tell me yours first. Um, the Forgiven, which kind of like we talked about the If A track. Mm-hmm. A lot of times your first track is very important for setting the tone for the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Threat to Society. Um, I like Statute of Limitations. I said me. You like Statute of Limitations? Mm-hmm. That's one where he's talking about selling dope to all the, the rappers. Which, I can't remember. There was one that just kind of sounded. Um, and then I said me is um, excuse me, a very good concept for a song. He's talking like he says, he, he said, my daughter asked where the drug dealer at. I said me. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool. Then he said, did he say something like the the judge asked me where the murderer at? Yeah, which I I actually want to make a joke about how he's a terrible criminal and um, if he ever gets put in jail and he's like, <gasps> oh, I, I think he's probably like kind of in the same lane as Rick Ross. Yeah, where it's not, it's, it's just not talk. real. It's just it's talk. really good though. That that song is really now. Good. Do I believe he sold drugs to all those people? Hell yes. I don't I don't believe any of it to be honest. I just think two chances. Far that dude trapped like Pusha T. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Who also didn't sell drugs? Pusha T didn't sell drugs. No, dude. No, he just Where's talks about it. Where's the proof? It's been called out. That's by who? why. That's by why, who? That's right. By who? Really? Right. By right. Drake. And then, and then that's why Pusha T goes, drug dealing aside, ghost riding aside, let's have a heart to heart. And put aside our pride or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but, you maybe, know. Maybe he, the man's got I, a case and he's just trying to. No, I think this 2 Chains is a master at conceptual albums. Have you listened to the Free Bass mixtape? 
Mm-mm. One of the fucking classic mixtapes, dude. F- fucking classic mixtape. I'm telling you, you have to listen to it. You guys, that album was based off of this concept that 2 Chains had of just experiencing selling free bass coke and just the experience of being on free bass cocaine and it's hype, it's crazy. It hasn't aged, dude. It sounds good as shit. Uh, but I think this is an example of 2 Chains showing maybe what he went through, maybe what he didn't, but let's assume he did. It's him going through his life, explaining his situation, what he did to get to his status, and him nodding at his uh, past as a college basketball player. Yeah. And overall, I think I have to admire him for that. This is not my favorite 2 Chains album, but it is in my top probably like four or five, you know? So overall, if you're into 2 Chains and you need, you want some new 2 Chains, check out this album. If you're looking for maybe a break from the typical trap rap, yeah. check out this album. Check out what somebody who was sort of a pivotal member in the mid-2000s hip-hop scene, look at what he's evolved to become now. Yeah. I mean, you, you know. don't have many people that were around, like Ludacris. I mean, Ludacris obviously is a legend, mm-hmm. but you don't see Ludacris still putting in work no. in rap, really. I mean, he, he has his hands in rap, but you don't see Ludacris albums coming right. out. Right. Um, I will say that as far as rapping goes, as far as true hip-hop, this is his most technical album. As far as the flow, delivery, it's more poetry than regular trap music, like you said, with the beat selection. Before, it's a lot of hype beats, or this is more toned down. He even has a line like, this beat hard enough to put Jay on. Yeah. You, if you follow any of Jay-Z's new music, you know that the music that Jay-Z's making now, the beats are more classic sounding. There's obviously more musical influence mm-hmm. versus before, where it was just raw boom bap. Yeah, yeah, and that—that that was another thing. I—I I did notice where Two Chains was putting more effort. Sounded into more his of flows. a lyricist. Yeah, yeah, and Future has always been very witty. He, dude, he Two that chains. first. Uh, who did I say? Future, Future, Future. Future witty. <laughs> Two Chains has always been very witty. Future is not witty. Uh, Two Chains is is witty. Yeah, and also he his punchlines were always really good, and that actually. I think people undervalue that, where, oh, punchline rap is corny and uh, you don't have to be a good lyricist to be good at it. That's not true at all. Uh, the best punchline rappers, somebody like Wayne, for example, uh, who, who has some very standout lyrical moments as recent as Carter Five. So, yeah, 2 Chains is a fantastic punchline rapper and it translates really well into him speaking about... Uh, more difficult concepts. Yes. Yeah. It's a very good album. I would give it probably a... I would give it a six and a half. I was, that's, I was going to say six. Um, just because features... If if you're not going to do much with the feature or not encourage the feature to do well, mm-hmm. don't even have it on there. And I will say before I came in here, I was going to give it a four, uh, the album. But after kind of speaking to you about it and hearing your opinion on it... It reminded me of the strengths of that album, and the strengths do outshine the weaknesses for sure. And I think four would have been a little too harsh, but yeah, uh, it, this is going to be something that may make my mid-year, but 
may not make my end of the year. I think if, if you listen to it a few more times, I think it has the potential to be like 444 was for me. Mm-hmm. Like when I first listened to 444, I don't remember what I gave it on the podcast, but I know it wasn't as strong as it should have been. Yeah. Because um, that's a 10. It's a 9 for me. There was one track that I really didn't care for. It may have been the Bob Mar or the Damian Marley one. Really? Yeah. What was that? Um, it's one of my favorites. Was it Bam? B-A-M? What the bomb? That's the same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't care for that one. But I think, but that album did grow on me. I, every time I, like a song would come out, I'd be like, damn, he's really like talking for real. Rapping his ass off. Yeah. I think that may be the case for you and some others. The, it yeah. should, it could have, it's not as concise as 444 at all. It's just not as specific to his, it's not as autobiographical. Right. That's what There's about four or five tracks on this I would. That could or could I would, be. yeah. If they weren't on there, I wouldn't be upset. Okay. Yeah. That. But you know what? Not terribly long. Under an hour. Fifty-five minutes. Under an hour, and you're not gonna feel it. You know. You you might get bored with some of the songs, but there's a lot of there's a lot of good here. It's it's again maybe not something I'm gonna be replaying all the time, but I am gonna give it a couple more listens. I think it deserves that. And I will say, congrats to Two Chains. Um, He does own his masters now. So I don't know. I have not done my research into how far back he owns. That's a fuckload of money, though. Yeah, but for any artist to own a hundred percent of your content is huge, because That's now you decide money. where you get to put that. If he gets birthday song, dude, that that'd be well. Kanye, you know, he probably has rights to that. Kanye gets like fifty percent because yeah. he, ter- he turned. Yeah. We did miss something else huge in the news. Um, yes, let's, let's bring it up. Kanye, did you hear about his um, contract? Apparently, the contract that he signs or had signed forbids him to retire as a songwriter, an editor, a lyricist, or an artist, or writer. It was an Illuminati contract. No, I don't know. He's apparently suing somebody in his team. Just realized this clause, like apparently, hundreds of pages deep into some contract. How did somebody get that in there? Hey, Kanye's like, dude, I can't wait to retire at thirty-five. To be fair, this is this this is the same man that says y'all throwing contracts at me, and I'm not gonna say the rest of the line. (laughs) I'm. You should have read. Yeah. Congratulations, you played yourself. Yeah. And Wayne too. Yeah. I think Kanye's is a little bit easier because he'll probably be able to sue and get out of that because that is essentially slave labor. Yeah, that's kind of terrible. Yeah. So hopefully that gets resolved. Uh, We are seeing more artists move to securing their masters, um, which I think is important. Especially in an era where music, the money in music is more so on the back end uh, because people are not buying albums as much. So owning masters means that you get all the money for the streaming, you know, or at least... A hefty portion of it, right. you know. So that's what's really important for artists now, especially ones like Two Chains, who is Hard he's up in age, not really into touring as much as like a Travis. Obviously, Two Chains does not enjoy touring like Travis Scott does. Yeah, he's older. Even we see Kanye; his tours are very spread out. The bigger and older artists get, you see their tour dates become shorter. Well, also, they don't out. they don't have to do as many tours because they sell out more. Right. Travis Scott is just a fucking animal, and he gives a hell of a live show. Yeah, and I'm, even you look at any music industry or any music genre, the the money is in the touring. if you want to make money, it's in touring. Right. You by owning your masters, you secure your wealth in knowing that every time somebody listens to this song on iTunes, He's, I'm getting, getting I'm getting a channeled portion of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's congrats really cool. to that. Congrats. Um, we'll end on the good note. Do you have anything positive? 
since the last podcast? Dude, I don't really, man. I really just want to say that I went into a situation thinking that it was going to go horribly. You know, I got, I got put somewhere that I didn't really want to be at. You know, it was a, it was a different office. It's far from my house. And I was like, God, I don't want to go there. But since I've been there, the people are just, it's been like really pleasant, you know? And I think that just goes to show that you should avoid confirmation bias as much as possible. Because no, no matter how much we like to think we're always so right about everything, there are plenty of examples where we can be wrong. And it's good to be wrong. And it's good to let people just be who they are. And then you end up finding out that not everybody's as douchey as you thought. Right. What I had to say kind of coincides with that. Yeah. Um, excuse me. I don't know. I, I know you don't get on Twitter much anymore, uh, but I follow RZA from Wu-Tang Clan. And he put up just a picture of him and a bunch of crazy-ass jewelry. <laughs> and it says, meditate on this. He said, don't treat people as bad as they are. Treat them as good as you are. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, you can. there's, there's two ways that you can look at that. You can look at it like, okay, I'm just going to be a good person. I'm going to be the better person. Mm-hmm. But the truth of it is... Is people that you typically, the ones you won't want to flip out on or have an attitude towards, when you treat them with kindness and just let what, what you're perceiving them doing is wrong, just roll off your back and just, Bro, that sticks it to them way worse than if you flipped out on This them. woman today, I was on the phone, I called, uh, what do you want? And I was like, hi, my name is, <laughs> I just stuck with the script. Hi, my name is Akeem. I work at da-da-da. Uh, wanted to see if you were still coming in today. And she goes, oh, uh, no, I'm, I'm not coming in. And she goes, I said, oh, I heard you had an emergency. I'm sorry. I hope everything's okay with your family. She goes, oh, oh, well, you know, thank you very much. I didn't know you heard about that. And I go, yeah, I was just calling to make sure you're doing okay. <laughs> and she was like, she was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I go, okay, well, you there's no charge for missing today's appointment. Uh, just, you know, we'll call you next week and make sure everything's still going well. And she goes, you know, thank you so much. And then I heard like a little voice crack a little bit. And it was like she was just being such, you know, very rude and brash. And right. maybe she was just stressed. But she kind of just warmed up immediately just by me not losing my cool in that moment. Yeah. And it happens a lot in in just work life, man. And, it did. And you in sales, dude. Well, I can't well sales isn't too bad because my profession, I, I sell floors and I work in people a People want it. So if, if I have people in the door, obviously they're there to at least look at flooring. It's not like yeah. I know with, with your insurance sales, you have to cold call. So I don't really <laughs> deal with too much rejection. If people don't go with my quote, I just, I don't know about it because they right. don't, none of them really say, hey. You were too expensive. I'm going with right. ex-competitor. Um, but I'll tell you, in food, food is the most, I'll say it, <laughs> that is one of the most difficult job It's forces. so crushing work. Oh, well, you'll get people that obviously want stuff for free, and they'll have an attitude with you hoping that you get mad at them so they can get something for free. And right. I'm telling you, I'm just going to read it again. We see through it. Yeah, I'm just going to read it. Don't treat people as bad as they are. Treat them as good as you are. Facts, mm-hmm. it will stick it to them way harder than if you flipped out and treated them how they, how you think they should be treated. For sure, for sure. I think that's that's what everybody needs to know. And it's it's again, it's it's like you said, it's not just I'm going to be a good person. It's not general. It's about you. Literally, have to put yourself in the backseat and just always 
say that you're in control of the moment, you're not going to flip out on this person, even though they deserve it, man. Like, my one of my coworkers today, she was getting yelled at by this woman because she just wanted to make sure that she knew her time. She was there an hour early. Yep. And she goes, are you assuming I don't know how to read? And she goes, I was not assuming that. You know, I, you know we ask everybody, you know, if they're if they're here this early, we just don't want you to sit and wait that long. And that lady was just drilling her, and she she did not lose composure, yeah. dude. She winked at me after, and she goes, "I got this." And I was like, "Shut up." Another thing that we both experienced that relates to this: the other night we were watching the fight, the John Jones fight. You know, he threw that illegal knee to that guy's head yeah. and could have been disqualified for it. Right. When they asked, "What was the guy who was fighting?" I don't remember his name. Um, and Anthony Smith. Yes. When the ref asked Anthony Smith, "Do you want to take the DQ win?" He that. obviously knew he was that fight was over. He knew it. He knew it from the begin the first round. He knew it was over. He also knew that if he took that belt, yeah, people would have been. Oh yeah, and he knows that. <gasps> yeah, yeah. So he knows that's kind of like that. That sticks it to John Jones more than if he would have just taken it. The same reason why Gustafson took the first fight with him or the second fight with him when yeah. he tested positive for the picograms. Right. It's just I'm like telling you, you just. If you keep up an attitude and you just tell yourself every day, like, I'm going to be this way towards people regardless of how they are to me, you will be, you will notice so many more things in your life that's fulfilling than, than not, than what you did before, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh. This ain't no peace, love, positivity, logic shit. It's just facts. Yeah. It's just the, you know, the, the, uni- the laws of the universe. If you, if you are going to be a dick, dickish things are going to happen yep. to you. Now there are times where shit just sucks and in the moment oh, it's yeah. not going to seem great. You can't control that. That's life's randomness, you know. But there is this feeling that if you're a rude person, generally you're not really happy in your life. And you also just, you might just be living a miserable existence, be it personal life, professional life, financial life, uh, sexual life, you know, whatever it is. You know, and negativity breeds negativity. Positivity breeds positivity. Exactly. You get back what you put in. Yoga Whippy. Hmm? You get you you get oh, out. That's a real like acronym. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we skipped this. We got a little out of order, so you'll just have to remember the good note uh, at the end. Yes. Um, we missed the what you spinning segment, just where we go over what we've been listening to here lately. Yes. Obviously, we've been listening to the two albums we reviewed, but aside from that, what have you been listening to? Juice World, baby. Juice World. That's what I'll be listening to uh, tonight. Yeah. And for the next couple of days, for sure. I've been listening to Juice World. Giggs' album came out also. Uh, did you like it? I haven't been able to listen to it yet, but it's in... It's hard. Is it? It's a hard listen. But see... I, what do you mean hard by, like, you can't stand it? I don't like hard it. Hard I don't like it. Oh, you don't like yeah, it? Yeah, but you were into grime a little bit before I was really introduced to it, so maybe it hasn't clicked for me yet. Maybe it will never click. I just... It, it might not, you know? It's not for everybody, but I'm going to I'm gonna check it out. Weezer's Black album came out for anybody into alternative music. Uh, Lil Sky's album, Shelby. I, I, I feel like we need to do... We'll probably do Juice World and Lil Sky's together. What do you think yeah, about that? that would be good. Yeah, I think we'll probably end up doing those two together, which is amazing, dude. We used to take... You guys don't understand how much different it is for us reviewing two albums at a time. Yeah. And we've, it's honestly, it's been great for me and you because it's honed in our, our skills a little bit and it, we've been able to compress everything, you know, so, but for sure. And it's, it's good to have like these albums, if A's and, and two chains were a little bit different, but sort of similar. Right. 
the subject content just from listening to what I've already listened to of Lil Sky's album and Juice World's, the subject matter is going to be very, very parallel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I'm very excited for Juice World's album. I think I'm just going to say it right now. I enjoyed it a lot. I think um, I heard a lot of Post Malone in him, and I heard a lot of Future. Which I think which after working with Post Future Malone makes sense. has been. Uh, been everywhere forever, um, but I did hear some future in there as well, and I think this is this is an album where you're going to be picking your favorite songs, but there's a lot to pick from, and nothing's really just like horrible to listen to, yeah. you know. So shout out to Juice World um, and the Little Skies album, man. I was pleasantly impressed, and I will say Little Skies is better than Nav. I take back what I said when you okay. first came out. All right. Yeah. Um, I've been listening. You ever heard of a guy named IDK? Yeah. Uh, he he per- apparently put this song out called Trigger Happy Dissing Logic. Apparently, some people in Logic's team <laughs> apparently tried to block this guy from coming up. I don't. Uh, I didn't really read too much into it. Yeah, I just I was like, oh damn, somebody dissing Logic. I got to get in on this. Yeah. Um, so I've been listening to that. I have put a playlist together for the Astro World set list that way I could listen to his concert in order to just kind of get ready for what's going to happen. Right. Um, T Pain put an album out. I yeah, you did tell me about this. It's called One Up. It sounds straight out of 2009. Like, I, I, peak, I mean, little, peak T-Pain, Lil Wayne era. I think, I think T-Pain doing that, it's basically like Frank Sinatra. If he were out now, he'd just play the classics, you know? It's, I don't, you need to listen to it. It's worth, it's only 42 minutes and you don't have to listen. I mean, you can, if you listen to just the features, one, the one up song was good. Um, Rip the parking lot, pretty much talking about how he doesn't go to clubs anymore because he was a big. I mean, he was very, very. That's a lot of two chains, dude. Yeah, he doesn't go to clubs anymore. Yeah, he was a big strip club guy too. Yeah, he so, gave Jesse McCartney thirty-two thousand dollars <laughs> to throw at strippers, which is amazing. And he goes, "I think he kept it." And I was like, "Yeah, for sure, he kept it, dude." He, the last song on the album, "Goat Talk" with Lil Wayne. I promise you. Okay. We'll we'll play it after the show. You'll you'll like it. Okay. I've been listening to that. Um, Solange's album was very good. Yeah, shout out to Solange. I have not listened to it yet. Uh, it's not something I'm rushing to hear. Here no come, offense. Here come the Beehive, but she's a better artist than Beyonce. When well, it okay, art. no, when no, it no, comes no, to no. Being that'll an get artist. us. That'll get us. No, no, no. Don't say that. Hey, don't. Hey, tell him. I hey, got an EpiPen. Bring hey, on the Beehive. Please don't do that. Please, don't. hey Beehive, I do not co-sign that. I think that Solange and Beyonce they could be on the same level. I think. Uh, Look, you can stop. My at name's in the thing. If if anybody gets mad, they'll know where to come. The Beehive. Yeah. This is Jake only. <laughs> um, I don't know. If, I'm sure you've heard the 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 big Summer Walker song. Uh, Girls need love. Why? Did, why? Did, why? No. No. I mean, it's it's sure just a big song. It's all over the radio. Sure didn't hear that. I'll play just a sec a segment where we won't get. I don't know how you if, if you know. haven't heard that I listen haven't. to the remix I know you like the remix okay it's Drake at like take care Drake may I don't know maybe I did hear check that check it out maybe I did what was it called again it's called Girls Need Love it's the remix shout out who was it by Summer Walker Summer Walker featuring Jersey yes Aubrey Graham yep Six God it didn't I, I hit the soundboard and it didn't even work <laughs> Well, upon our technical difficulties, it's probably a good time to end it. Um, yep. Until next time, I guess we'll see you, Lil Skies, Juice World. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're out. <laughs>